Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. As we all know or as we are aware, this month is a month of covenant empowerment. Pastor Will said something earlier that he reigns and he manifests his reign through his people who are obedient, who are trusting in faith and work based on the covenant. He always manifests his glory. He always manifests his power. He always manifests his hand. God is a God of power. God is a God of covenant. We saw last week in the scriptures that he is a covenant keeping God. He is a God who keeps covenants to a thousand generations. In other words, when he speaks, he sees to it that it manifests the way he said it. People will die and go, but he abides forever. Anyone who is came to meet him. Or let me put it this way. Anyone who is once wasn't. <laughs> you are now, but you went. <laughs> yeah. Even if you really restrict it, you are a man now, but you went a man. You were a baby some time ago. And you became a boy. And now you're a man. But actually, before you became a baby, you were not. You were not. But God has always been. So those who come to meet him, he just looks at them, they will go. I was having a chat with Pastor Charles yesterday, and I just, I, I find it very interesting how the European government, the Western government, America, UK, France, and our allies, can be very, very patient. They have time. They, they, get, they have time for Gaddafi. Gaddafi was making so much noise. They knew his time was coming. If it's 20 years, they'll wait. If it's, because a system is in place. It's not who is in power, but it's a system. So the system will come after you. We are all waiting. Putin will go one day. Yes. <laughs> he won't be there. He will be here the next 20 years. That's how it is with God. Even the system that is in our country, God was before the system. That's right. So when he's a covenant-keeping God, there is no system that can stop what he wants to do. He can change systems, remove systems, abolish systems, mm. and institute systems. That's right. As long as he has given his word to someone. 
Now, remember I said last week that when God is in a covenant with you, Berith is the Hebrew word, Berith. When God is in a covenant with you, he fights your battles because your battles become his battles. Your troubles become his trouble. Your challenges become his challenges. And your joy becomes a joy. That is what covenant means. And so then, all heaven's arsenals and all heaven's resources are made available for the people of heaven or the people who are in covenant with heaven. When I spoke about how the covenant of God was manifested in Abraham's life, Abraham. Now, when you study the Bible very carefully, you find out that because God is a God of covenant, he, he relates and he operates with people based on covenant. Because when you talk about covenant, then you are talking about commitment. So God doesn't just do things. He does things based on his commitment. And so when God called Abraham, he made a commitment to him within the covenant. One typical thing I found out about covenant is that every covenant has a promise. Every covenant. Every covenant has a promise. So when God says that, I'm co- when God enters a covenant with you, you have to find out what is the promise behind the covenant. That promise becomes your experience and your enjoyment one, once you practice the terms of the covenant. So that is, in spite of your circumstances or your challenges, once you are in covenant with God, that promise attached to the covenant is what you cash in on, not yourself, not your situation or your condition. In spite of your situation, you can still cash in on the covenant or the promise in the covenant and it will deliver cheaply. I see someone beginning to enjoy life differently. I see someone beginning to enjoy life better because of your understanding of the covenant. Say amen. Amen. And so God made a covenant with Abraham and we saw how he came to deliver the children of Israel because of his covenant with Abraham. Now when you study the Old Testament very carefully or the, yeah, the Old Testament very carefully, there, there are quite a few covenants we have for your information, just for you to be aware of that, okay? For your information, we have the first covenant in the Old Testament, which is called the Adamic Covenant, or the Creation Covenant. The Adamic Covenant, when God created man, he said, be, be in charge and have dominion, replenish. There's a covenant God made with man and said that you are in charge now. Promised him and uh, committed it to, things to him. And then we also have, after that, we have the last week I mentioned is the Noahic covenant. The covenant God made with Noah and promised that there would never, he would never allow flood to destroy human beings on the earth, or entire, the human race, to wipe out the entire human race. Never would it happen again. And he said, anytime you see the rainbow, it's a sign of the covenant. Usually, when there is a covenant, there are all also signs for the covenant. So when God, then the third covenant, which we find out in scripture, was the Abrahamic covenant. And the sign of the Abrahamic covenant is circumcision. And so to show that you are engaged in the covenant, to initiate yourself in the covenant, you have to undergo circumcision. And that was the Abrahamic covenant and the sign that go with it. And the promise that go with it is some of what we are still seeing in Israel. Powerful nation. 
powerful. Too powerful. Surrounded by enemies throughout, but the, all the enemies are afraid of them. They can team up. The enemies can team up and come at once, but Israel will just wipe them out like that. Israel is powerful. Many of the major inventions of time are by Israelis. Because of the covenant, special covenant God made with Abraham. Is, uh, Jews are wealthy usually. They have money. The guys have money. The guy, where, you, you strip everything. Look at the Second World War. Look at what happened with Hitler. Some of them ran from their nations, went somewhere, destitute, they didn't have anything. Just a matter of time, they became controllers. When you study the scriptures very carefully, actually, when they were even in Egypt, they were prospering so well. They were prospering. There is it's a covenant. So God, God is the unseen God which influences the sin. Who influences the sin? And so the Abrahamic covenant, we understand that the promise is the promise of wealth, the promise of um, the blessing. <laughs> the blessing. Say the blessing. And so we, when we go born again, we are connected, link into the Abrahamic covenant. And then we also have a mosaic, Moses, which came with the Ten Commandments. And it was upon the, the Abrahamic, see, all these covenants are linked, okay? In other words, the Abrahamic covenant is not too different from the Noahic covenant, but it is an offshoot, and a, an up, let me put it this way, I don't know if I can say it, more of kind of an upgrade, an upgrade, a higher version of the covenant, and it's, it's much more loaded, and the benefits are much more intense. And then we have the Mosaic covenant, and it was on the Mosaic covenant and the Abrahamic covenant, um, David stood on to face Goliath. He said, who are you, this uncircumcised? Uncircumcised meaning uncovenanted. You are not in covenant with the God Almighty who reigns, and you think you can fight us who are in covenant. And David was surprised that all these army generals were afraid because they were focusing on the material. They were fo- See, they, mis- they, they misplaced their priorities. That is why you can't dribble me and cheat me or bully me or intimidate me out of praising God. I don't praise God because it's a church thing. I praise God because it's a covenant thing. And the more I praise him, the more he shows up. The more I praise him, the more I create room for him in my life. The more I shout, Jesus the Bible says that as many as shall call on his name shall be saved. (laughs) He says that for as many that shall call on his name shall not be put to shame. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 30 something that was there. You can't be calling on his name and be put to shame. He says silver and gold have I none. Acts chapter 3 somewhere verse 6. John and Peter the guy was begging for arms. He said, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Bible says, and immediately, they held him and pulled him. Immediately, his ankles received strength. The man who has never walked in his life. Say the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus does as good. Why does it happen? Because of the covenant. Now, I want you to understand. So, besides all these covenants, they are all part of the, watch this, 
the umbrella of the Old Testament. Old Covenant. Now, where do you come in? Or where do we come in? We come in in the New Covenant. Before I go on to talk about the New Covenant in a bit further, I want you to understand that the Old Testament, in the Bible, we have Old Testament and New Testament. The Old Testament is not necessarily just the Old Covenant. So most of us, when you are asked, when did the New Covenant start? Most of us would think it started with Matthew, Mary. The New Covenant did not start with Mary. Part of the New Testament is still Old Covenant. That, does that make sense? Yeah. So John the Baptist was an Old Covenant prophet. Even though we heard about him only in the New Testament. The New Testament and Old Testament are books. Okay? So we have the, book of the, uh, the, the books of the Old Testament and the books of the New Testament. They are just uh, divisions in the scriptures. But they are not reflective of the covenant. The new covenant, now there has been, there has been slight debates among scholars and theologians as to when exactly the new covenant was enacted and started. But majority of us believe that the New Testament was enacted the night before he was betrayed. When he took the blood and the bread and he said, this is the new covenant. And he did that to replace. He said, from now onwards, as often as you do this, you remember my death, my burial, and my resurrection. And so from that onwards, the new covenant was instituted. Some actually believe it was instituted when the Holy Ghost, on the day of Pentecost. But I personally believe that it was when, on the Last Supper, the night before he was betrayed, and then he consummated it with his death, burial, and resurrection. Now, those of us who are born again have come into a new covenant. Permit me to explain to you that the new covenant is not like entirely something new God has done. Okay? But the new covenant is, um, is an offshoot. It's from the old covenant. So it's a, or let me put it to you. There is no break of continuity from the old covenant to the new te- covenant. The new covenant is a continuity of the old covenant, but ah, this one is based on better promises. <laughs> Say better promises. Say better promises. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11 Let's all read it together out loud. Let's go please. Therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called on circumcision made verse 12 that at that time let's go that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Verse 13, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Say the blood of Christ. Say the blood of Christ. So you who were once far off have been brought near. Particularly in the verse 12, he says that 
that at that time you were without Christ, be aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, Though the, the key guys who were in covenant with God, all right, who were working in the Abrahamic covenant, we were aliens from that, that group of people and strangers from the covenants of promise. Strangers at that time. What time? The time before you came to Christ. Now, is there anyone here who is in Christ? So then that means that before you came into Christ, you were not in the covenant. You were, an, you were an alien. But now you are no more an alien. You are a citizen. You are a partaker. You are an insider. Oh. <laughs> Just when I'm an insider. I'm an insider. Insider, alien, partaker of what? Partaker of the covenant of promise. The covenants of promise. All the covenants that God gave and the promises, you are a full-blown, bona fide beneficiary. So what God told Abraham, you and your children, you and your household are fully qualified if you are in Christ. Shout amen. Amen. See, the problem is that most times we see these things as um, religious propositions and religious submissions. So, like I was saying on Wednesday, please don't miss Wednesday. I'm teaching something entirely new, different on Wednesday. Justification by faith. Oh, that's good. Justificare. It's good. Simon used this epic at all. You remember? Amen. Ah, Synthetic righteousness. You remember? Ah, oh, man. Wednesday is going to be something else. No, don't miss it. I said on Wednesday. You see, when you become born again, when you become a Christian, you, you are connected into the household of God. You become part of all the promises of God. You are actually, ah, ooh, this is good. You are actually entitled. What God gave to the people of old becomes your entitlement. Healing is your entitlement. So these things are not some religious things we are saying. But they are super, ay, supernatural realities that can be actualized in believers' life. I like that clip we, we watched before the message. It says that um, um, believe it to be saved. <laughs> believe the Bible to be saved. If you don't believe it, you are not saved. There's no security for you. Your life, your future is really at stake and shaky. Now, so he says that at that time, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who were called what uncircumcision in the flesh by, uh, sorry, sorry, you who were called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision. In other words, those people who are, what does it mean to be called circumcision? The circumcision? Circumcised covenant. Okay, that's what David said to Goliath. You. If Goliath was alive around these times, he would have also had the opportunity if he wanted to be part of the covenant so that David couldn't say, you uncircumcised again. And anyway, once he's in the covenant, he won't fight the God of the covenant anyway. All right. But David told Goliath, you uncircumcised Philistines. So we, who were, we were Gentiles in the flesh, were called one, we, we were called uncircumcision. By who? Those who were in covenant. They see, is that you are uncircumcised. Not because of what they see about you, but because they know you are not in covenant. Now, that was what we were. Tell someone, that's what, that was what I was. 
Now, if you are not born again, don't say it. Because that is what you are. <laughs> Alien. Alien from the covenants. Hallelujah. From the commonwealth of Israel. But now, the Bible says the verse 13, but now in Christ, you who were once far off, have been brought near. Say, have been brought near. How were you brought near? How were you brought near? And the blood of Christ is the blood of the covenant. That's why we take communion. Amen. And so we saw God, how his covenant manifests in believe, people who believe life and who are in covenant life. We saw how he delivered um, uh, Israel through the hands of David. We saw how he delivered Israel from, the, uh, from Pharaoh. We saw how he showed up even when Isaac was in the time of famine and Isaac sold and God showed up. And we saw how he showed up in the life of Jacob. We saw how he showed up in the life of uh, Joseph. We saw how God manifested in the life of David. And so he did all these things based on covenant. Right. Now, will he show up in your life now that you are also in covenant? Yes. 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 Because let's, let me tell you something about Hebrew. What is the difference between our covenant and the covenant of the other guys? In, in other words, the old covenant guys. Look at Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, talking about Jesus, inasmuch as he, Jesus, is also mediator of what? Of what? Did you see that? Of what? A better covenant, which is what? Established. <laughs> you can't say better if there was, there's nothing to compare it with. All right. So, this covenant we are in, this new covenant is better than the old covenant. But I showed you how the old covenant delivered for these people. How it delivered from, from Pharaoh. So is there a Pharaoh around you? You are in a better covenant. The covenant will squash him. <laughs> Say, I'm in a better covenant. Church, we have to understand these things. Verse 7. For if the first covenant, you see that? If the first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. What does it mean for the first covenant to, be, to have been faulty? Because you and I didn't have any chance to be part of that covenant. So it couldn't cover us all. And besides that, that covenant came with also the law. And you have to fulfill all the law. And human beings were so crooked, we couldn't really fulfill all the law. So we're always falling short. We were always falling short. Now, and remember what I read from Ephesians. You, at that time, you were aliens. So that covenant alienated a lot of people, including you, in spite of how beautiful you are. That covenant alienates you, alienates your mama, your grandmama, it doesn't matter what your religious persuasion is. It's, that covenant is by birth. Now, may I add this, that in those days, there were people who were not Jewish, but they wanted to practice Judaism. And in a way, align themselves with the covenant. So though they were not in the covenant, there was kind of a slight provision made for them, even though they were not fully qualified to be in. Those people were called proselytes. Who is a proselyte? A proselyte is someone who is not a Jew, 
Who wants to join himself to, or convert to or practice Judaism? And if you want to do that, they had rituals you had to go through. The first of that ritual is because on that covenant, the only way you can be part of the covenant is well, circumcision. <laughs> now, can you imagine? All right. Now, not just that. After circumcision, once you are circumcised, they practice something called washing of cleansing. So they will take you through a process and put you in water and wash you to show that you have been washed from filth so that at least you can have the opportunity to, be, to practice Judaism, not as a Jew. When they come to the synagogue, there were demarcations. The men were in, and then there, there's a, a little... In the outer court, the women were there, and then afterwards there was a little wall. It's called the wall of partition. So when you read Ephesians chapter 2, verse I think 14 and 15, it talks about Christ has removed the wall of partition. So the wall of partition was to separate Jews from Gentiles. Not all Gentiles, but circumcised Gentiles. So Ephesians chapter, let me just show you. He himself is our peace, having made one and has broken down what? The middle wall of, so Jesus Christ himself, when he died, he removed that middle wall of separation so that in the body of Christ in church, you and I, you can be a Jew, you can be a Gentile, you can be a Chinese, it doesn't matter who you are, we can all worship and Bible says, go to the next verse and see, watch, watch this, why? And he himself, uh, that he, verse 15, Having abolished in his flesh the enemies, that is the law of commandment contained in the ordinances. Because those covenants came with laws, restrictions. If you are not a Gentile, you can't do that. Now, if you are a Jew and you go into the house of a Gentile, you have to go through some washing rituals. All right? And all those law of commandments. So we don't even have chance. So, so Jesus abolished all that so as to create in himself one new man from what? What is, what is meant by the two? Jews and the Gentile. God made one new man from the two. That's making peace. And so, go to the next verse and see. And that he might reconcile both. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. Both. Talking about Jews and Gentiles to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting the enmity between us and the Jews to death. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense when the Bible says that the new covenant is better? It's better than the old. Even if you are part of the old covenant, there were so many restrictions, one, and then two, you don't fully enjoy like the, the benefits that come with the new covenant. Because the Bible says that it is established on bet, better promises. Better promises. Yeah, I have better promises. And so, the, when, you, when you look at the text very carefully, in the, uh, Hebrews chapter 8, Verse 7, he said, For if the first commandment had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault, he said, and then they quoted the scripture. Let me leave it. Verse 13, in, in that he says, a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is all is ready to vanish away. So the old covenant, the old testament, the old agreement, where how God was dealing with people is now obsolete because there's a new one so that we can all come into it. In fact, the scripture I quoted in Ephesians chapter 2 is so profound. If you read downwards, it talks about how now put it back on the street. I think it's just good to do that. Verse 16, put it back on the street. Verse 16, it said, and that in my reconcile both to God, uh, both to God in one body. To 
through the cross, thereby putting, the, uh, putting to death the enemy. Verse 17, watch this. Verse 17, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. You remember I said you, you were once aliens, far off. Now, Jesus Christ came to preach to both of us. And I'll go to the next verse. That's the one I like. I like that one. For through him, we both say both. See, when you see the boys, it's not talking about two people. It's talking about two races, two groups of people. So long as God is concerned, there are only two groups of people on earth. Before the new covenant, it was Jews and Gentiles. But after the new covenant, it's those in covenant and those who are not in covenant. So can you imagine you are in covenant and you go and marry someone who is not in covenant, the devil got you. He will fight you. He will fight you. Because... Marriage is legal agreement, which the spirit world recognizes. So once, once you are married to someone in the spirit, any demons that have access to her life or his life will also spiritually have equal access. Because the Bible says the two shall become one. So there's a but he's a good boy, he's a good man, or he's a good woman. He, he, she's very nice, you know, she knows how to cook and all that. But Bible says that the bread of deception is sweet to their mouth. At first. At first. But afterwards, your belly will be filled with gravels. <laughs> Pastor, is that, is that what the Bible says? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so, we, those who are in the new covenant, have a better opportunity in God. Now, look at Hebrews. Oh, Hebrews chapter 6. Six. Let's go to seven. Let's go to seven. I'll come back to six because six is serious. The, the weight is in six and it, it will blow us up. So let's start with seven. Okay. Hebrew, Hebrews chapter seven, verse 18. Hebrews chapter seven, verse 18 says, For on one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandments because of its weakness and its what? The former commandments, which is based on the covenants, the instruction and all that, it was weak. Why was it weak? Not that the commandment was not good. According to Romans, Romans chapter 7, from verse 12 down, it says that the commandment is good and righteous in itself. But you, you and I, we are so crooked and weak that the commandment which was given to help us, it was really killing us. Sin that is in you, sin that is in me, took advantage of the commandment and began to pound me. Because I said, now commandments has come. You are so crooked. Began to beat us up, beat us up. So in Romans chapter 7, uh, towards the last verse, 20, 21, 22, the guy was so frustrated. He said, oh, this re- oh, wretched man that I am, who can save me? He said, for on one hand, Hebrews says that for, uh, 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 for on the one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. It didn't profit man. Now the question is, then why did God give it? Why did God give the commandment if God knew that it wouldn't profit, profit man? So that the commandment will see how crooked we are, then it will, it will force us to look for a better. That's, that's what Romans says. And so Romans chapter 7, the man came to a conclusion. Romans chapter 7, verse 21, 22, 23, somewhere there. It came to a conclusion. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of sin? Verse 21, I find then a law that evil is present with me. The one who wills to do good. See, I want to do good, but there's something also in my system. Mm. I, it's, can, can that, does somebody identify with that? Yes. How many of us want to really do good? Yes. And sometimes you realize that, ah, what is wrong with me? Mm. Some of us have prayed some dangerous prayers. You pray that God, 
Now, if I do this thing again, kill me. Kill me. <laughs> Am I talking to someone here? Yes. God, this one, I can't do it again. Because I knew it and I knew it. But you see, you want to do good, but there is this law of sin which is present within you. That doesn't help. Go to the next verse. Go to the next verse. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. Go to the verse, next verse. But I see another law in my members. My members. My, there's something else in my body. <laughs> say my members. Some people don't identify what I'm talking about. Say my members. Say my members. There are some, you got members. And the, your problem is your members. <laughs> It says that I say something else in my members. Because, verse 23 again, please. Because the, the good thing I want to do, my darling, the good thing I want to do, it says that I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. I, that's why you can't serve God in your members. Say, I need Jesus. Now, God gave the law so that we can see how we should behave. But because you, are, you, are, you want to be good, so you saw the law is good, you want to do it, but there's something else. Your members, <laughs> something in your body, you are striving and you can't get there. So, conclusion, oh, wretched, the next verse, oh, wretched man that I am, who would deliver me from this body of dead? Not religion. Religion will show you that you can't get to God. Say Jesus. Jesus. That's why we shout the name Jesus. That's why we shout the name Jesus. And so, back to um, Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7 verse uh, verse, um, 18. It talks about how for one, uh, the the, the commandments were uh, unprofitable. For the law made nothing perfect. You see, the law of Moses, the law of, it didn't make anything perfect. It, it was meant to point to us how God, how straight God is. But because we are so crooked, it was really messing us up. All right? Now, it says that, um, for the law made nothing, verse, verse, what, verse 18? Hmm. Verse 19, for the law made nothing perfect. On, on the other hand, there is the bringing of a better hope. Say better hope. Say better hope. Through which we draw near to God. So there is a better hope. A wretched man like me, I can still draw near to God. That is a new covenant. That's the new covenant. That's the new covenant. The new covenant brought a better hope. Verse 22. Now look at verse 22. It brought a better hope. By so much more, Jesus became the surety of the better covenant. Say better covenant. So... The guarantee, what shows that this better covenant is secured for you? Jesus, he is the surety. So that means that when she says the surety, so when you are in Christ, the covenant is your right. Because Jesus, so in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20, he says, let's read together. For all, how many? For how many? How many? How many? You remember I told you every covenant goes with promise? Let's read it. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen. To the glory of God through us. Now watch this. So every promise God has made. And Bible says that everything God has said, every, all the promises of God in him 
Ah, yes. So as soon as you come in, yes. So that's why we shout about Christ. That is my heart to sing. No other name. Jesus. That's why, because all the promises of God. You know, I don't know how many of you have been maybe waiting for a certain email that they will send you and say that the money has been wired into your account. Um, 17 million dollars, pounds. And every time you are waiting, because you are starting a business and a contract, you are waiting. Last week you waited, it didn't come. Your friend called you and said that that's what happened. I waited and it never happened, so forget about it. Think of something else. But something in you tells you it will come. You heard Tommy's testimony. You heard someone, Gina's testimony, and said, ah, me too, I can, I'll have a testimony. I'm, and you are waiting, it's not coming. Every time you check. And then your, your, your smartphone, you know, the, the stone that comes. Then you, you check it. And guess what? The 17 has landed with, with, with two weeks' interest. What would you do? Yes! Yes! Bible says all the promises of God in Christ. Yes! Yes! It has gone through! <laughs> it has gone through! It has gone through for me! It has gone through for me! Sharia! Sharia! So all the promises of God in him are yes! And in him, the amen is said, is settled to the glory of the Father through us. I see someone contacting a miracle. I see someone contact. That's why you don't have to be afraid. No, I'm not behaving properly. You know, I've been struggling with this. I've not really prayed enough and all that. It's good to pray. I'm going to show you in a minute. It's good to pray. It's good to do those things. But those things are not given to you because of what you do. Do you know why they are given to you? Who can tell me? Do you know why they are given to you? Do you know why it's been given to you? Why is it given to you? Why is it given to you? Why is it given to you? It will be very naive to assume that this is not better promise. A promise you didn't have to do anything. It was just given to you, not based on what you have done, but based on God's mercy. Say, I'm justified. Wednesday, justification by faith. Don't miss it. Now, let me conclude on this thing quickly. Hebrews chapter 6. This is going to be good. I feel like preaching God's word. Alright. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. It says, therefore, do not be slothful. Hmm? Did you see that? That you do not become sluggish, but what you do to imitate some people who through faith and patience. All right. So takes faith and patience to <laughs> to inherit the promises. So, but Pastor, since I became born again, I'm struggling. Things have changed because when I was not born again, everything was going good. I used to drive eight cars. But now even the one is always breaking down. And you are saying that I'm blessed, I'm blessed. It takes faith and patience because in Christ is yes. Right? In Christ is yes. But now, when does it show up? It, through faith. And patience. <laughs> That's our true faith and patience. 
So it takes faith and patience. And after some time, so some of you, uh, you don't know. Sometimes don't be in a rush. Don't compare yourself with someone. Don't be worried because someone, it looks like it's getting better for someone. No, you are running on a different track. You are running on a track called covenant. You are running on a track that is called covenant that is loaded with divine promises. And I thought Pastor Frank or Pastor will say something earlier on in, uh, in the early part of the service that, you see, this promise, one day you receive the promise, you don't look at the conditions, but you look at the one who is making the promise. When, when, when Almighty makes a promise to you, that's where we are going. That's where we are. When the Almighty God makes the promise, you can count on it. It can take 18 years, but it will come to pass. I knew, when I got married, I knew, I, I saw myself in the labor world. I'm telling you, I'm telling I saw myself in the labor world carrying the baby. My wife had just delivered and I was carrying the baby. And one year, he didn't show up. Two years, he didn't. And I kept telling her, I have seen it, so it's not a problem. Because God has shown me and I'm holding on to God's word. I don't know what God has showed you. I don't know what God has shown you. But when God shows, when God shows you something, the enemy will also show you something. But the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. When God shows you something, the devil based on your five senses will also show you something. Some of us, after the fasting, the devil has shown us so many things. The devil has shown you so many things. You've received a letter threatening court action against you. You receive a letter threatening you to, uh, you're about to lose your job. After the fasting, after the fasting, you believe come to your house. And they're wrong, but for some reason, the devil seems to be winning. He may seem to be winning, but someone maintain your confession. <laughs> Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Maintain your confession because it takes faith and patience. Hmm, listen to this. He says that that you be not slothful because it is lazy to just look at the conditions and cry. It takes discipline to look at those who have shared their testimonies, how they look up to God, and they decided not to give up, and they kept pressing on, and watch this, God will always show you how he's done it for someone. When the angel appeared to Mary, as I said on Friday, Mary said, how can this be? And the angel said, your cousin Elizabeth, who was once called Barry, is six months pregnant. And so the angel told her the testimony of Elizabeth. And when she had the testimony of Elizabeth, the angel then ended up by saying that, for with God, nothing is impossible. Shout hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! The angel says, for with God, nothing is impossible. Then, watch this, then she came to her senses and watch this 
She shifted from sluggishness. She shifted from laziness and moved into faith following the testimony of Elizabeth, following the testimony of David Entry, following the testimony of Karen. They began, they began to use it as a point of reference that if God did it, then he will do it. If God did it, then he will do it. If God did it, then he will do it. Say Jesus! Don't be sluggish. Don't just be sitting at home. I don't know what's wrong. God, why only me? What have I done? That is what ordinary people do. Name Little challenge, you stop coming to church. Little challenge. You said, I don't have bus pass. The devil makes sure that your bus pass is not working. But you said to the devil, I'm going to walk to church. I'm going to walk to church. I'm going to walk to church. You can't stop me. You can't take my praise away from me. You cannot take my praise away from me. Remain faithful. But remembering the testimony of others and then through faith and patience. Through faith and patience. Through faith and patience. Let me finish. Sit down, please. Let me finish. And so the scripture says, don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. In other words, don't be ordinary. Yeah. Your, your husband must be convinced. Your wife must be convinced. Wow, I respect my husband. He's not crying. We just received a letter that next week they are repossessing our property. And he's still going out normal, praising God, not worried. People around you must see that when you should cry, you are still going on. They must see that when you should start throwing tantrums and be cursing, and be cursing, and we come to church, I'm even upset. I won't praise God again. Yeah, I also say, oh, say, please, I won't do it. When you should have done that, that is even when you are shouting more. That's when you are jumping more. Do you know what? Through faith and patience. Now, watch this. May I submit to you, brothers and sisters, I am not. I'm not that inexperienced to assume that everybody is connecting their heart with what I'm saying. That's right. That's no. right. Because some people can be all-time Christians and yet disconnected from this kind of truth because they know it all. They know the religious aspect of it. And they, because a certain pastor came to me. He says that, man of God, show us the secret of financial empowerment. And I said, the same things we have been hearing, Kenneth Copeland. Oh, yeah, they pull, uh, they, that's what I'm doing. And it doesn't seem good enough for them. They believe that, no, that alone is, is not enough, enough to prosper you. A man of God was telling me, tell me, there's something else you have to do because this thing, this Bible we preach doesn't prosper like this. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. See, it looks like you are caving in. It looks like you are going down. But not when you got a promise. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah.
me a favor. Let's finish this text because the text is loaded. Let's go back to the text. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. I only, I'm going to verse 17, but I just got stuck okay, in verse 12. Okay, okay. But I've got just less than five minutes. I've got to wrap up this thing. Because I see someone changing your status. Your status does not change based on what certificate or what signature is appended on the paper. It changes from the spirit. When you see it and connect it. And so before people say it has happened, you knew it has happened already. Before people were saying, hey, pastor, your baby has come. I knew it. I was preaching about my children before they were born. That's right. That's right. That's true. Okay, let's go to the text quickly, quickly, quickly. Where's my Bible? I need to get him on my Bible. Hebrews, what did I say? Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. What does it say? Verse 13. So you have to follow those who through faith and patience. Oh, my God, this is too good. For... For when God, when God met, you see God is a God of promise. He likes to make promises because he always delivers. He always, and when God, looks, anytime God shows up, he watches his word, what he has said. That's all he's coming to perform. So if God wants to show up in your life, he sends you a word first. Hmm. That is why I am preaching. Because in the preaching, God is giving someone a word. That is how this better covenant works. Better covenant. Every day you can get a new promise. Every day. Now it says that when God made a promise to Abraham, see, when you promise, it's like when you are going for a contract, you are supposed to sign. But in those days, you swear an oath, okay? And, but you don't swear an oath with something less. You swear an oath with something greater. Okay, so you have to use your house as a collateral. Because even if you abscond, the house, the value is better. When a belief manages to come to your house and you owe 1,000 pounds, they will take goods worth 4,000. That's right. Because they need something greater. So when God, in those days, in, in times of antiquity, when you swear, you have to swear by an oath by something greater. But the problem God was having is there's no greater than himself. Let's <laughs> go. So go to that. Go, go, give, go, give us the care. So because God could not swear by anyone greater, he said, okay, I swear by myself. <laughs> so hallelujah. So, I, Bible said, he swore by himself. Saying, Surely, uh, see, see, that is that, that is word. He swore speaking, saying, "Surely I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you." Why? Go to the next. So let's not be distracted by the saying. The saying was just coming in to see the tell about the swearing. So he swore by his, he swore an oath by himself. That's why he had to say that because he couldn't swear by any other thing. Right. But you can take that out and say, Bible says, God swore an oath to Abraham so that after he had patiently, Abraham, patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Because why did he do that? Go to the next verse. I want to show you something. For men, it is natural, it is normal to swear by, as I told you, by greater. And an oath for confirmation is the end of all disputes. What does that mean? I, I'm going to rent my car to you. 
for eight days. You are going to pay me um, 500 pounds at the end of the eight day. I agreed to pay, okay. You won't pay, I'll pay. All right, let's, let's sign. Once you sign, no, no, no dispute. The guys, please get, put it back on the screen for me. Please, so, so God, so the, because that's how men operate, watch this, watch this. This is talking about anthropomorphic language or anthrop- anthropomorphic behavior. Human beings behave like that because human beings are not trustworthy. When you make a promise to me, naturally, it's sensible to make you sign. T-Mobile right. can't just give you the phone and expect that, oh, don't worry, she'll pay. No, they'll make you sign. They'll make you sign. So if you don't pay, they can take you to court. Yeah. But if they take you to court and they say, you say, I didn't say it, they'll ask, what did you, what's the proof? There's no signature. Men are not trustworthy. And that's the language men understand. Men understand the language of swearing, commitment. Not when I say swear, you know what I mean. Not swear, I mean <laughs> commitment and all that. So that's, because that's how we talk, is anthropomorphic terminology, anthropomorphic behavior, human behavior. God determined to show more about, he didn't want you to doubt. Determined to show more abundantly to those who are the heirs of the promise. Now, who is the heir of the promise in this case? We, because all the promises of God. You see, so, so, so when you are in Christ, you are the beneficiary of the promise of God. Now, God wanted to show, show more abundantly to the heir of the promise the, uh, 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 the immutability of his counsel. In other words, how many of you know what mutation is? Mutation. Mutation. Now, watch this. So God, willing more abundantly to, uh, to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise how the fact that his counsel, his intention, his programming is immutable. So mutable means changeable. Immutable means unchangeable. <laughs> God, watch, please, let me finish this. I don't have time. God was, he was determined to show more. He's too eager to show you that. Listen, when I say it, it is valid. That is why he didn't have to bother to do that. But he wanted someone to be sure about this. So Bible said he went as far as confirming what he said by an oath. That's why he swore. So at, the, at this juncture, we are talking about two things. A promise is something that you can't change. But to make the promise more firm, he also went to an oath. An oath is something you can't change. So God combined promise and what? Why? Go to the next verse. That's, no, verse, next verse. So that by two unchecked, what are the two immutable things? Oath and promise. In which it's not possible for God to lie. We might have strong consolation. (laughs) Hallelujah. Say, I've got a promise. And I've got an oath. Let me finish this. The new covenant was sealed with an oath, and the oath was the blood of Jesus. Jesus said, that in a, those times, when you break a covenant, the punishment is death, bloodshed. So Jesus said, listen, me, I won't break it. But for you to see how, mean, how much I mean it, I'm going to even die for this thing. So he killed himself for the thing. So he settled the thing. So then, by two immutable things, the promise of God in the covenant and the blood of the covenant. That's why we take communion. Jesus said, this is the blood of the everlasting covenant that we who have run to Jesus 
and I've been screaming Jesus in church. I've been dancing to Jesus. We may lay her. We will have strong consolation. Strong consolation. So when things look bad, you are consoled. <laughs> hey, let me say this in any because time is not on the side. The consolation is not based on the promise your, your friend has given you. No. As a Christian, yeah. your consolation is based on the promise of God and the fact that he has already died to settle it. So, so when you hear bad news, when things seem to go wrong, when you lose your job, when uh, something unpleasant happens, remember, God has committed himself to see to it that you will never be put to shame as long as you, that is your consolation. So when people are beginning to laugh at you, you know this laughter will not last. Shout hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! Because you are in covenant, get ready for supernatural manifestations this week. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.